0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and thrilled beyond belief to bring back to the show, friend of the show, the great, talented, funny, handsome, lovely individual, Matt Barros of The Athletic. I almost made a joke there and called you Matt Mayoko, but then I was like, nah, I'll just call
1: him Matt Barros. <laughs> that, that would have been bad. I'm so glad. I, I feel like you didn't put Handsome in the last time you did an intro, and you got it in this time, so you're already off to a fantastic start on this podcast.
0: I lear- I'm a learner, so when we make mistakes, the best thing you can do is learn yeah, from them. Yeah, right, exactly. Don't make them twice. Forward. Don't make them twice. And that it, it kind of brings us to training camp, Yeah. because- For an honor turn training camp, I I reminded my listeners of this last year, and I'm just going to throw it out there one more time. Training camp is a place to make mistakes. It's a good place to make mistakes because then you learn from your mistakes. So I, I think sometimes the listeners and the tweeters or the Xers or whatever they're called now get very upset when they hear like, oh, my God, Brock Purdy threw an interception. It's over. It's not, it's training camp.
1: Right, right. And that was a lesson we learned during the Jimmy Garoppolo years where he would have some practices where it wasn't one or two. It there was, was one that was it five. Was four or five. <laughs> uh, so, and we have not seen that from any of the QBs um, so far. Just five practices. I thought yesterday's was a really good practice uh, mm-hmm. for, for basically all the guys, especially Trey Lance. He had his best practice um, of the week or mm-hmm. of training camp so far. And he had started off kind of slow. And so there was that kind of question mark is, how's this guy going to distinguish himself? Somebody who needs reps. That's been a refrain by the 49ers. Um, Shanahan, you know, this guy needs reps. This guy needs reps. Well, he hasn't, hadn't been getting the reps mm-hmm. um, so far. So that was sort of a question mark. How does he make the necessary strides without the lion's share of the reps that he was getting? And he did really well yesterday. There was one... Towards the end of practice, he threw it, you know, um, Ray Ray McLeod was really well covered. Mm -hmm. I forget who was in coverage on the play. Only one spot that the quarterback could have made the completion. And Lance just tucked it in there. Great catch, but it was an even better throw. And that's the type of throw that's been missing from his repertoire uh, to this point. So if we keep seeing those types of things, um, arrow up for Trey Lance.
0: I agree. He will be trending upward and perhaps that... QB2 position is in fact his but we will see time will tell. Bet online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use promo code believe B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. You mentioned Ray, Ray McLeod, who had a really good practice yesterday. But actually, I'm digressing, because I do think we should talk about this at the top and then move on, because there's one person that's not here Yeah, that they really would like to be here, especially they would like him to be in Pittsburgh <laughs> week one. And that, of course, is Nick Bosa, who has... Yet to sign his contract extension. John Lynch told us yesterday that he is not concerned at all. He's very confident it will get done. I did say to him, Is there any concern it won't get done? And he said, No, I'm very confident. I'm sure it will get done. However, we are, as we're recording this, we're heading into day eight of it not being done. But, you know, things could change between now and the time this goes live later this afternoon.
1: Yeah, it's the world's most congenial contract holdout ever. <laughs> yes, it is. It's like, we love him, we're not going to find him, we know that he's doing great on his own, and which is probably true. You know, he keeps saying that it's a complex negotiation, but he won't get into any of the details about what makes it so complex. I always sort of roll my eyes uh, at this, um, and people will ask, you know, what's what's the... What, what, what's the holdup? What's uh, what's what's the hiccup here? And the answer is always, I think it's money. Yeah, pretty it sure might, it's money. I think it <laughs> might be money. Uh, so, I mean, it's just some, you know, wording of uh, of the total and how it's paid out. And obviously the 49ers are concerned about their future caps because they've been pushing, kicking that can down the road mm-hmm. to future caps over and over again. Uh, and they're going to have to do that with, with the BOSA contract as well, obviously. It's going to be a huge contract and they could only put so much on this year's cap to fit under. So, you know, that's what, you know, the the hiccup is, I'm sure, is, is trying to figure out the structure of it that allows them to have Nick Bosa, allows them to have Fred Warner and Trent Williams, and uh, the list goes on and on. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, all guys who are you Know if, if not at the very top of their position, positional market towards the top, so it, it's a lot of mouths to feed with one cap.
0: It is a lot of mouths to feed with. Like, I in my head i am like I'm picturing a cap, like a 49ers cap, and like Trent Williams and uh, Fred Warner and Christian McCaffrey and Nick Bosa all standing around this one little cap,
1: yeah, like I'm, like, it, I'm hungry. Uh... Like a, um, some sort of Dickensian thing. Where yes, all, more, sir. Sorry, more. Exactly.
0: Please, sir. Can I have some more? John Lynch being like, I'd like to help you, but I'm giving it to Nick.
1: John, <laughs> Sorry. John Lynch is the artful dodger. Yeah. Good. Now, we, we, we've gone, um, high literature with this, too. We wow. Really have. We go everywhere.
0: We have gone high literature with this. And actually, as long as we're speaking of literature, though it's a yes. true story, but I'm just going to plug this and then I promise we'll get into more hours, guys. But my dad wrote a book and it is called Witness to a witness to a prosecution debunking the myth of Michael Milken. And my dad was one of his lawyers and a childhood best friend. It's a really, really good book. Really interesting, especially for anyone interested in law Yeah, it really goes into the case and what happened and all of the things. So you can buy it today on Amazon and I highly recommend you guys do. And so I just wanted to plug my dad's book well, because it really is very good. Cool. I hear the,
1: the name Michael Milken and I'm, you know, I'm already turned off. I mean, it's a, a villainous name in, in and that's culture. That's part of the book. And um, the, the, the book goes into that. The
0: book is in the kind of the book, the debunking the myth is the book goes into that and really kind of debunks that because there was a lot that happened at that time and I don't want to give anything away. And then there's a lot that's happened since. And he's become one of the great philanthropists, um, his has made tremendous strides in healthcare, has basically changed how prostate cancer is found and treated. And he's just done incredible work in education. So definitely read it. I think you guys really like it. I think you'll find it interesting. Um, Had a really glowing review in the New York Post, which was exciting. Ah,
1: That's very interesting. So I was going to ask whether the Times or the Washington Post or the LA Times um, have uh, kind of picked up on it, because that seems like an interesting book for newspapers to write about. Yes.
0: Yes. But the New York Post has. So We'll see as more things come out. But it comes out today, uh, so highly recommend you guys go ahead and order it. All right. That's my plugging. We can now go back to the 49ers. You mentioned Ray-Ray McLeod, who I thought actually had a really good practice on yeah, Tuesday.
1: Yeah, I mean, and that reminded Monday. me, he, Excuse me Monday. He, he had some good practices last year. Like, he, like he would get one or two targets of practice last mm-hmm. year, and he would make the most of, of, of each of those. So uh, he seems to be doing the same this year as well.
0: So we talked about Nick Bosa, who everybody might remember went to Ohio State. Personally, I try to forget it, but it's a hard thing to forget. He also has
1: big thighs. He also has quads, big thighs, yeah. big
0: quads. I, want, I don't think that's an Ohio State thing, though. I think that's a Bosa thing, because Joey Bosa also has big quads. Right.
1: Yeah, yeah. It
0: could be an Ohio State thing, too. But as I'm thinking about other Ohio State players, I think it is very
1: much. Yeah, Purdy does, too. Maybe it's like a Midwest thing. Like, yeah, there's a lot of corn out there. and. You know.
0: Maybe, but we're going to talk about the Michigan guys, and none of them have big thighs.
1: Oh, that's true. Or that's quads. True. Yeah. Well, I mean, you don't think Jake Moody has big quads?
0: They're not like Bosa quads, though it'd be hard for him to kick. With yeah. Quads.
1: I mean, I I uh, wrote this as a joke the other day and I saw that you kind of picked up on it, but I said, you know, the five best players in camp so far and I you know, mentioned uh Brendan Ayuk uh four times and then the fifth guy was Jake Moody and I'm sticking to that. I mean, that's uh that was a little bit in jest, but not really. He's been really impressive. He's just so smooth. Mm-hmm. Reminds me of a golfer like um Ernie Ells was famous for just having like a really smooth, you know, no straining. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it was a smooth swing from top to bottom. And, you know, he had great distance because of it. And he has that that smoothness with it where he's kicking a 53 yarder. And it's got the same motion as when he's kicking a 29 yarder. And they've all been going through so far, as you, I'm sure, have noticed.
0: I have definitely noticed. I First of all, there's a reason they call him Money Moody. And I think you're seeing why. And by they, this was like an Ann Arbor thing. I call him that. But there's also other people. It's not just me. Um, I have noticed it. My one gripe of practice is that there's not nearly enough kicking of field goals. I just don't understand why there's not more of that because that's, in my opinion. It was
1: pretty dramatic yesterday, though.
0: It was. It was dramatic yesterday because Trey Lance, who had this great practice, led the 49ers in this great drive. That ended with a Jake Moody, 55-yard field goal attempt that was obviously
1: Yeah, I big. mean, they're, they're actually kind of boring because they all go not just between the uprights, but like in the middle between the uprights. Um, but then the other guy, Zane Gonzalez, had an even longer attempt, and he hit it. He did. But it went off the, uh, the left upright and bounced through, uh, which you don't often see. Uh, so he, he's, uh, he's been just as impressive as Moody as far as makes, but, um, just the smoothness. I mean, I think that smoothness gets confidence. I mean, from Mm -hmm. the coaches and from teammates, I mean, you see a guy not really straining or anything like that. Um, so, but, uh, I think my point is that you know, if Gonzalez keeps kicking well, I think they'll probably be able to trade him late August. And it's not going to be for anything huge. It might be a seventh rounder in mm-hmm. 2025 or something like that. But, I mean, it just goes to show that it, that was sort of a, uh, a smart move to pick him up when they did.
0: But here's the question. Can they trade him since everyone in the league knows they picked a kicker at 99 in the third round who's smooth AF? We don't swear necessarily in this podcast, so I sorry. guess but no. I just I, smooth AF. I was going to say the word, but then then you got to put the E, and it's like a whole thing. Yeah. Right. So it was smooth AF that you know they're keeping. Is anybody trade for him, or they like they're going to cut him? So we'll just wait till then. Well, I mean,
1: it would depend on how many teams still need a kicker. Yeah, I guess uh, that's true. Because uh, if.
0: Like five teams. Yeah, right. Like
1: if, if if it's just two and, and the other team has a higher waiver um, selection than you do, then you have to make the trade if you, right. if you want this guy. Um, so, I mean, I forget. I and mean, there were a lot of teams that needed a kicker during the draft, which is why the 49ers felt like they needed to use a, a third rounder. Now, most of those teams have found their guy at this point. And there are there's some other teams, like the Chargers, for example, have two quality kickers in camp. So it may be that the musical chairs works out. Robbie Gold is still out there, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but, I mean, it is a, uh, it is a possibility that, uh, you know, he, he gets moved for uh, a six-round pick. Um, yeah. So, I mean, I think that's uh, just a smart kind of business move by the 49ers.
0: And he seems like a really nice guy, and I hope that he has a fantastic kicking career. It just can't be here.
1: Yes. Do <laughs> we is... know where he went to school?
0: We don't, but I know it's not the University of Michigan. Okay. Or University yeah. of Michigan. Yeah. So I, can't,
1: I can't remember where Zane went to school. I, I, I want to say somewhere in the Southwest. Now,
0: you look it now up. Now I'm
1: going to – you you talk and I'll look it up.
0: Okay, Matt's going to look that up. while I move on to another Michigan guy by the name of Ronnie Bell, who honestly I'd like to make this team for a lot of reasons – the first, of course, being that he went to Michigan. And the second, of course, being the amount of tweets and headlines you can do with Bell are just oh, that's s- true. spectacular. And this is me thinking ahead, you guys. But he had a really nice practice on Monday. He had a really good spring. It was a little slower to start, but still has looked good, but went when. T- when Arizona State for Zane Gonzalez. Yeah, Southwest. I told you. Yeah, you were right about that. You were right about easier to
1: kick at Arizona State than it is at Michigan. I'll tell you that much.
0: That's true. And (laughs) I mean, Money Moody has kept me from tears on more than one occasion. There was that Illinois game when we were in Colorado Springs. You really can't put a price
1: on that. You can't. Oh yes, I remember that. You had it on your phone. Yeah, that was a big deal.
0: That was a big deal. So, in fact, I told him that when we started Five Fun Facts
1: you um, saved me from tears so many times so
0: many times especially I was like we were in Colorado Springs Illinois game and poor, poor Jake Moody was such a good sport but had been warned about me <laughs> 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 and that's fine I, t- I feel oh, totally so okay. you're
1: Tracy, <laughs> we yeah, told Tracy from you. Michigan okay, all right yeah.
0: not to worry but back to Ronnie Bell yes who played on the same teams as Jake Moody uh who had a Ronnie Bell was one of the one of the few bright spots in the semifinal game against TCU, to be honest, but seventh round draft pick in theory, a long shot to make the 53. So I think he'll make it uh, under special teams. It's probably not going to be able to crack wide receivers because they're pretty set there, but I think he's got a chance at worse, the practice squad, but he's looked, he looked great on Monday. Like I said earlier, he looked really good in the spring, maybe a little bit slower to start camp as might be expected for a rookie. But really had a great practice on Monday. And the thing with Ronnie Bell, I'm just going to make my pitch to you guys, the listeners, is that he was the man. And then he tore his ACL, and he'd been coming back from injury ever since. So this last season was his first real season back, and he was really helpful for Michigan. And he's only going to get better and better and healthier and healthier. So that's my pitch to you, the listeners, and perhaps John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan if they are included in the listeners.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would say that he's probably the the sixth wide receiver right now. And this mm-hmm. is a team that kept five last year. And those same five guys are back. So my guess is that they head in with the same five, with mm-hmm. uh, the the fourth and the fifth being Danny Gray and uh, Ray Ray McLeod. But, um, you know, this uh, Ronnie Bell, I don't think, you know, they would – they struggled to get him on the, the practice squad. No, I don't
0: and think And if so. there
1: was one injury at that spot in 17 weeks, there is going to be at least one injury at that spot. Um Bell, Bell comes up. Um, and, you know, I think he's a great guy to bring up because he can be your backup punt returner. Yes, he can, that's the key. He's learning all three spots. Mm-hmm. Um, is he going to be, you know, a, a pro bowler at any one of those three spots? Probably not, but he's going he's gonna to be able to – um, play them because he is a You uh, can just tell that he's uh, a guy that's picking things up uh, quickly that they have trust in him um, and then the other part is that Ray McLeod is a, a free agent yes. uh, at the end of the season um, you don't know exactly what's going to happen with in the IU, uh Debo situation um, and there's just not a lot of established wide receivers on this team Right. Um, five is a, is a small number. This team used to keep six. Mm-hmm. Um, they keep five because they become sort of a, a running back-centric team. They're going to have to keep three quarterbacks this year. So already that's one kind of fewer ro- roster spot than you had a year ago. Uh, so, um, yeah, that's why it's hard to see them keeping six, but absolutely possible, especially if what you say, he – uh, Distinguishing themselves, not just as a punt returner, but they could use a, a gunner, they could use, mm-hmm. you know, somebody else. And, and if he does that, then yeah, that's that's a ticket to the 53.
0: I agree with that assessment. I mean, I really like the idea is three quarterbacks, six wide receivers, two kickers, one hell of a football team. <laughs> <laughs> All the points being scored, <laughs> very few defended. We have another Michigan guy on this team to talk about. Since we've gone, like, full Michigan on this podcast. Yeah, we might as
1: well go all the way. But you
0: guys should know that going full Michigan is a dream come true for me on every podcast. I just try to remember I'm not the only one involved here. I'm doing this for you guys. But just know for me, it would be all Michigan all the time. It's bad enough I give you guys so much Dodgers. Yeah,
1: that's pretty specific.
0: (laughs) It would be a very specific (laughs) podcast. I would have to actually just change it to a Michigan podcast. But there is one more Michigan guy on the team not including, of course, the world's greatest quarterback's coach, Brian Gracie, but one more Michigan guy on the team, and that is cornerback Ambry Thomas, who I would say is having a bit of a resurgence. He's kind of had an interesting go. His rookie year was tough until towards the end. He really came on there, came in. People were really excited about him in year two. They did go and sign Charvarius Ward, and it was going to be Horde Ward and Emmanuel Mosley on the outside. Ambry Thomas had a very tough camp last year. I don't know if you remember this. I, this came up on the podcast a few weeks ago, but – I believe it was our friend Matt Maioco who said to Kyle Shanahan, what would you like to see from Ambry Thomas? And he said, I'd like to see him try, like, be able to make this team. And he was, this was last year in training camp. And then he did make the team, but it was not a great season. or Lenore over Ambry Thomas came in when Mosley gets hurt. And it looked like he was trending down. But in the spring, looked a lot better. And camp has looked a lot better. Seems to be trending up. I would imagine unless things go terribly wrong in the next few weeks, he does make this team.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it's been interesting to listen to Steve Wilkes because Steve Wilkes is a, a cornerback guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Ambry Thomas has been the first name out of Wilkes's mouth whenever he's been asked about young cornerbacks, cornerback depth, etc. And, and I think part of it is, you know, he sees, um, you know, uh, right now the, the starting three I think are, are obvious. It's Charverius Ward. It's D'Amador Lenore on the outside, and it's Isaiah Oliver at nickel. After that, though, um, there's just a lot of names, and it's not as clear cut. And he looked at the roster and he said, "Well, why not Ambry Thomas? He's, mm-hmm. he's everything that I would want uh, at that position: um, fast, long, theoretically can play press coverage. You know, e- everything that um, this defense needs." So, I mean, I think part of it is just giving him opportunity and building him up, giving him confidence. I mean, I don't know this for a fact. You, you you follow him more closely and talk to him more, but it seems like confidence was an issue last year, and and it's always an issue with cornerbacks. Uh, D'Amador Lenore just has a sort of a, a natural confidence about him, easily forgets uh, bad plays, bounces mm-hmm. back quickly. I'm not sure that Ambry Thomas has that ability. I mean, it's rare. I mean, if you're if you've got uh, any sort of brain or or conscience, you're gonna kind of be be flummoxed by by mistakes and things like that. So it's natural, but um, I think the wilkes Thomas relationship is mm-hmm. an interesting one because the forty ers haven't had a defensive coordinator who really specializes in cornerbacks, knows how they think. And the fact that Wilkes has picked out Thomas to be his guy, his project, I think, is really interesting um, and will you know be very um, interesting to watch as far as both guys, Thomas and Wilkes, to see whether he can sort of bring something out of Thomas that he wasn't showing last year.
0: And I noticed that Wilkes grabs Ambry as soon as he's you know, off the field to talk to him about stuff, I mean, very often, not always, of course, because he's got other stuff going on. But he will grab him and talk to him about stuff, him and Lenore, to be honest. And, and he obviously works with the corners a lot during dr- drills. But he'll pull them off. He'll talk to them immediately. He'll coach them. It's, it's interesting to watch. And we really haven't seen that for corners just because, like you said, they haven't had a defensive coordinator who was a really a, a cornerback guy no. in quite some time. And I think, you know, the confidence thing is interesting because Ambry did finish that 2021 season as a starter probably thought he was going to be a starter. They go out and sign Charvarius for it, as they should have. It was the right move, but I don't know what that does to a person's psyche or mindset. And then I also think, you know, we we talk about this a lot, and we've talked about it in terms of Drake Jackson. We've really talked about it a lot in terms of Diomedar Lenore, but you don't necessarily get what you need to do to really be successful, like what your offseason has to look like. And it takes some guys a little bit longer than others to figure that out. And I wonder if maybe that, also was a bit of an issue for Ambry Thomas. Yeah,
1: I think it probably was. I mean, um, I was asked to rank the position groups in the offseason, and it's a hard thing to do on a team that's just teeming with talent. Like, mm-hmm. all these position groups are so good. But I had cornerback as as the bottom, as the last one, because of what we just described. Good at the top, you know, if Charvarius Ward had to miss a couple of games, you know, I, I think it's a big, it's a big issue about – A, who would step up, and then you've got, you know, um, D'Amador Lenore, inexperienced guy on one side, and probably an inexperienced guy on the other. Uh, So it's it's, uh, a lot of question marks beyond those first three players.
0: Yeah, there's them, I guess, this is my favorite phrase, and time will tell on that. My sense is the person that they'd like to be able to step up is either of those guys get hurt on the outside is Ambry Thomas, who it feels like also has overtaken Samuel Womack in that. because he kind of fell off a little bit too, but kind of interested to see what this season looks like for him because that was a guy they were super high on in the beginning and then really fell off. Yeah, I
1: I don't know what happened there because at this this time last year, Womack was playing nickel. Yeah, he was the starting
0: nickel the first couple games. Right,
1: and he was good at Mm -hmm. it and and he made plays and all of a sudden, I guess, you know, the Jimmy Ward situation, when he came back, he started playing nickel and they're like, okay, let's put... You know, we need Womack on the outside for depth, uh, but I'm not sure why he's still on the outside now and not playing nickel. I'm I'm going to draw AJ AJ Parker. AJ Parker has been the number two nickel. Mm-hmm. I had trouble remembering his name because he's not really a, a well known. He's not a draft pick. He, he was uh, you know entered the league as a undrafted free agent on some other team. So he's been the number two nickel, and then Quantrez Knight, who I think has actually played well, has been mm-hmm. the number three nickel. But my point is, why not? Why aren't you working in Womack into that nickel rotation?
0: I know it is kind of bizarre. Maybe
1: it's something to ask um, Wilkes the next time he talks. You talk why? This week. Why? Why certain guys are lining up uh, some some places now? That's not to say that he won't. I mean, Lynch uh, just yesterday said that Deshaun Jameson. Who's looked really good on the outside would we'll start getting some some nickel snaps pretty mm-hmm. soon. So it seems like there will will be some sort of reordering at some point to to just to kind of see how different guys do at these various spots.
0: Corner is a place where the Forty have done really well with undrafted free agents. I mean, Andrew Mosley was an undrafted free agent who really made the team for special teams. His special teams ability so that and gave him an opportunity. Yeah. Got hurt, you know, very early in his first season, but end up coming back was really good for San Francisco though he didn't come in as an undrafted free agent here people do forget Trevor Ward was an undrafted free agent and he's now one of I would say probably one of the top 10 corners in the league so it's an it seems to be an area where the 49ers can do well
1: yeah uh Kaywon Williams um I think he was e- even lower than an undrafted free agent he was like a uh a tryout guy wow for, for the Browns back in the day and turned heads at his tryout, like talk about, like you got one shot, buddy. Uh-huh. Like, you, you, yeah. have, you have an hour and a half practice to, you know, um, turn some heads. And he did. And then he, I don't know how long he lasted in the league, uh, 10 years, maybe been a lot. And and that's who this guy, Deshaun Jamison reminds me of a little bit is K1 Williams, not a huge guy, but he's really sticky, really kind of clinging in coverage and he's always uh, around the receiver Um, the question is whether somebody with that body size can you know uh, avoid getting knocked off the ball and stuff like that but so far so good for him he's definitely been a surprise of the spring and he's Mm -hmm. following that up with a a nice summer as well
0: yeah this is going to be kind of interesting camp over the next couple weeks we have um well, we don't have, but they have joint practices. But Matt and I, I don't want to shock anybody, Matt and I will not be participating in the practices themselves, but we will be there. I think, are you going to be there in Vegas?
1: Yeah, I'll be okay. there in Vegas, yeah. So we'll be
0: there joint practice with the Raiders next week. I'm really curious about that because I think that's always the place where you really get an idea of how guys are going to do, and when they're obviously they're going up against another team. Of course, there's a great storyline of the – reunited and it feels so good with Jimmy Garoppolo. This is the Jimmy Garoppolo Kyle Shanahan breakup is like the longest breakup of all it's time. True. It was like, okay, we are to go Taylor Swift. Cause I saw her at Levi's the other night. It was like, okay, we are never getting back together. Actually, I take it back. We are going to get back together and it's going to be great. They almost were going to be back together again. And then obviously Jimmy gets hurt and then they're not getting back together. And then it's like, they're taking one last vacation because they paid for it anyway With the vegas reunification and then that's probably it but who's to say really who's to say who can predict the future
1: jerry seinfeld had a great line about breaking up he said that breaking breaking up is like knocking over a coke machine you can't knock it over on one push you got to get it rocking a few Uh times and and moving and then you knock it over Uh, and that's that's absolutely what's happened with the shanahan garoppolo uh relationship so yeah, that's going to be uh, that'll be fun to watch uh, how he's doing out there. I like, I'm just reading some of the Raiders' stories, and you know, one of them recently was that you know, um, don't expect a lot of uh, you know deep ball passes I in saw this that. offense. And I'm like, yep, <laughs> yep, we've been yep, we've been that's, here. Jimmy, don't go deep.
0: That's our that's Jimmy. Our Jimmy doesn't do the go <laughs> ball, and
1: and and we've seen a lot more go balls. Yeah, we sure in have. Practice. And Ayuk and brought this up the other day. Is that that's been an emphasis. This year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure it's something that Chanahan wanted to do in previous years too. You know, he's a, a run guy. I mean, th- this whole offense is predicated on the run. So you have the, the defense um, teeing off on the 49ers running game. Of course, they want to take advantage of that with throws over the top. But Garoppolo just didn't throw that ball. No. Um, and, uh, you know, Purdy doesn't have a huge arm, but even in his limited chances last year he threw deep more than than jimmy had so yes. that's good news for danny gray it's good news for brandon Ayuk. we saw devo samuel with a couple of opportunities yesterday but getting that timing down i think is um a priority in this camp
0: so before i let you go i'm going to ask you for one prediction will nick have sign his contract by the joint practices
1: I, no i don't think so okay um just because it doesn't sound like
0: it's not like they're, they're, close. they're even <laughs> close
1: uh, no, it and it doesn't sound like there's any urgency, and um, they're going to forgive the the fines. Yes. So why would he, at this at this stage? Um, I don't know. I, I think we're talking about the end of August, and you know the the person who's really kind of losing out. I think. I mean, if, if you if you if we had a ranking of people who are mm-hmm. losing out because of Nick Bosa's holdout, I would put Colton McVitts. Yeah. At the top. Because McKibbs could really, just from a confidence and sort of a technique uh, perspective, really benefit from having to go against Nick Bosa um, in those one-on-one drills. And and maybe he would get two. But in a practice, he would get another, uh, what, like 16 refs against Nick Bosa? I mean, that's valuable stuff. And right now, he's going against Cleveland Farrell and Drake Jackson. And okay, that's fine. But it's not not the defensive player of the year. So, um, you know, those those DNs, I mean, I'm sorry, those offensive tackles, and there are a lot of young, you know, Mm Jalen Moore, this guy, uh, Leroy Watson, who I thought looked good yesterday. These are all guys that could benefit from an an edge like Nick Bosa.
0: I would agree. Well... Time will tell when he gets here and they start time to benefit.
1: Time will tell. Time I will tell. We should call this the time will tell podcast. It is my
0: favorite phrase because time always tells. No one can argue with it. It's true. Time will always tell. Yeah. Matt Barrows, with that in mind, please let everybody know where they can find you.
1: Um, I'm at Matt Barrows, both on Twitter and also threads now. Oh, yes. Uh, it's covering our, our you-know-whats uh, in case <laughs> X goes down or something like that. I don't know what's Smart. going on. I don't know why you would spend all that money – to buy a platform like Twitter and then just start changing the heck out of it. Yeah, I know it <laughs> was it was
0: working fine. It
1: exactly. Was, so yeah, that's I'm not why really you sure. bought it because it was so valuable.
0: That's why you bought it. That's but why you bought it. A laugh. We could do a whole podcast on that. Probably yeah, a series. That's
1: true. But um, yeah, that's it. And um, yeah, uh, thank you for having me on. Uh, Tracy always brings me up into one of the suites, and so we're sort of looking off on. To Levi's Stadium Field, which is still covered from the Taylor Swift concert. Can you point to me where you were?
0: Yes, I was in section 111, so you can see it over there. Actually, kind of where that guy is. is oh, yeah. Yeah, that guy's like. <laughs> hosing down he's stadium. got
1: a hose what happened in section 111 oh my I think, gosh I
0: think it's the whole I think it was the whole stadium but it was epic and amazing you guys if you liked what you heard and I know you did please make sure to give us a five star rating and a positive review we are brought to you by Bet Online. you can find me on threads at Tracy Sandler on Instagram at Tracy Sandler and on Twitter or X at Tracy FGSN and with that we'll talk to everybody next time bye all